Oh, the Knicks are 5-2. What to think? Top two offense. Bad, bad defense. So many emotions. Don't worry, Papa's home. Let's talk some Knicks without a knack. It's no secret. Fucking shit. Here we are back again. More unqualified, unadulterated, and incredibly unsatisfying rants on your New York Knickerbockers. You're listening to the Without a Knack podcast. I am your host, Ryan Quigley. So many emotions. So much fucking screaming. So many rash words being thrown around on the Twitterverse. Julius Randley's garbage. R.J. Barrett. He's basically he's, there's no he's basically Kevin Durant and James Harden mixed together, right? Same thing. Taj Gibson, he's the best defender ever. Nerlens Noel, take take all the time you need, baby. Yeah, IQ. Ugh, what a terrible basketball player. Need Quentin Grimes now. Alec Burks doesn't know what he's doing. Evan Fournier, stop shooting the ball. I get it. This is a normal, normal thing that we are going through. There's so much happening in and around the Knicks right now. We're five and two. That, if you if if you need if you need somebody to say this to you, the Knicks are good. The Knicks are doing well. They're okay. I'm not going to say it's all going to be okay because I don't know how things are going to end. I can't say that to you. I'm not going to lie to you. I'll say a lot of bullshit on here. I'm not going to lie to you. And say that everything is going to be, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, butterflies and roses and gumdrops. And I'm not going to do that to you. But we're going to sit here, and we are going to examine what the Knicks have been doing—the good, the bad, the ugly, the great wins, the good things that we are seeing, the bad, bad losses. How bad are they? How frustrating are they? Are they really the Knicks' fault? If so, whose fault is it? We'll break all that down. Don't you worry. But the one thing I want to say to you is here we are back again for some more bullshit. We're going to work through it stat by stat, game by game. I'm not going to go through every game, but we're going to go through a lot of stuff and we're going to talk about it. And at the end of this, we're going to have a good time and we're going to feel a lot better because you're going to listen to me scream. You're going to listen to me think. And we're going to go on to the next game tomorrow against Indiana. For you, it's today, tonight. The Knicks are playing Indiana. And we're going to have a bigger picture. We're going to have a whole complete picture of where we're at. Thanks to the Without an Act podcast. Again, if you're joining me, I appreciate you listening to me. Uh, You know, press any button available to you so far. Just just a reminder at the start, you know, give a follow, a subscribe, a comment, so on and so forth. Um, you know, it, it makes it makes me uh, know that whenever I do this, it's not a total waste of time. I know it's I know it's it, it's it's you know majority for the for the majority of the time that I'm doing this, it's about it's about an eighty percent waste of time. You know, let me know if it's you know if it's seventy seventy five this week. Let me know, and you know maybe I'll maybe I'll start doing them once a week, like I said I would. I know I'm sorry I lack discipline, but anyway, so let's 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 work in reverse order. Right. The Knicks just lost to the Raptors. 
right? The Knicks just lost to the Raptors, and it didn't feel good. It didn't feel good because you walked into that game. They said, okay, not only is Siakam out, but they don't even have Scotty Barnes, who's averaging like 19 fucking points. He looks really fucking good. He's not a great shooter yet, but we, we, we know this. We knew this. That's a game the Knicks should win on paper. The Knicks are at full strength, no Noel, but you know, the Knicks are more, they're humming on offense. That is a team that we expect to beat. They're not even playing Goran Dragic. They're not even doing that. They say he's fallen out of the rotation. No, it's just they're, they're waiting for a buyout or a trade or whatever. That's, what, that's what's happening over there. Why did the Knicks lose? Okay, I rewatched the game this morning, and I watched it with a critical eye. You, you hear all the, all the rumblings on Twitter of what it could have been, and it, it's honestly, it's not satisfying, but the Knicks just got outplayed. It's, it's less about the Knicks losing that game and more about, no, the Toronto Raptors won that game. And I know, I hate when people say that shit, oh, we didn't, uh, you know, they didn't lose, we won. It's, it's stupid, but it's the case here. The Raptors came to play. They knew they were short man. And they, they said, we don't fucking care that you're the Knicks. We have Nick Nurse as our coach. We have Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, rising star. That's the main problem. They didn't have a fucking problem for OG Ananobi. OG Ananobi, he played, he played all NBA shit. If he could do that every game, they, they have a, a fucking, they have a, an all-star right there. Fuck Scotty Barnes, who cares? OG Ananobi, let's look at his stats. OG Ananobi, 36 points plus 15. Yeah, no, six or seven. No, no, no. Four, four, 12 from three. Okay, so he didn't shoot that well from three. But he got to the line seven times, made six to seven free, uh, of his free throws, 13 from 27 for the free, for the 13 for 27 from the field. Fuck. I know. Um, you know, and then fucking Gary Trent dropped six, 26 points. Felt like he couldn't miss from three, but for whatever reason, he only went four for, four for 11, too. Um, the the main thing is, the, like period stop. The Raptors shot the ball ninety nine times. The Knicks shot the ball seventy six times. They put up more shots than we did. We shot a better percentage from both three and two from the field and three point. The Knicks shot better. It's just they got more attempts. So whether it was seals or fast breaks. Or turnovers, whatever, whatever, however you want to, then they, we just got outplayed. Now, if you want to look at it under a micro specific lens, do you, do you want me to partake in the Julius Randle slander? Is, do you want me to do that? Are we really going to sit around and, and act like we, like we deserve Julius Randle? Are we really going to like, Julius Randle is the engine to the team. We need him. The offense don't work without him. I understand that you prefer when, uh, you know, the ball might be in Kemba's hands or you want to see RJ time or you wish they took Rose back off the bench early and put him in with the, with the, you know, the starting unit and you want less ISO. I understand the emotions that are behind that concern. And I agree with you at times in very specific instances. But the thing that I would encourage you to realize is that the Knicks don't work. The offense does not work without Julius Randle being good at ISO. We don't get open looks. We don't get to to lead the league in three-point made. We don't get those open looks 
without Julius Randle drawing double teams. We don't get it. Guess what? Nobody in the NBA is doubling. Nobody in the NBA is doubling Obi Toppin. I'm just it, it, just because he's the nobody in the NBA is doubling saying, "Oh shit, we need to throw two body." Nobody is doing that. Why? Because he has not proven that he can score ISO one on one. Julius Randle can score ISO one on one against ninety five percent of the NBA. 90% of the NBA, whatever you want to, we can quibble, we can quibble, whatever. He's good at ISO. He's proven that. And that's why he's a magnet. Tib said it in the postgame. He's a magnet. He draws two bodies. So we need him to do ISO from time to time. And you don't complain. You don't complain when he makes that stupid little step back or he makes that pull up crossover three at the top of the key. You don't complain. Right? So when the offense is doing nothing, guess what? In the NBA, you give it to your best player. You give it to the guy who who, who makes the best that makes the big bucks. That's going to happen. And you know what else is going to happen? Sometimes it's not going to fall. Sometimes you are going to lose the game. Kevin Durant, he almost won against the Bucks, but he lost that game. And that was their only strategy, was give the ball to Kevin Durant. I understand that Kevin Durant and Julius Randle are on two very different levels. I get all that. But I'm talking about the level we are on right now. If the offense is going to work, we need Julius Randle ISO. We don't need it. We don't need it every fucking play. Yes, I understand. Yes, yes, yes. But we need it. So before you say, I never want to see Julius Randle bring the ball up the court again. I don't want to see any Julius Randle ISO. Oh, I want the ball on Kemba's hands at all times. Take a deep breath and realize how we did what we did last year and why we did it and why we are 5-2. and two. We got we to gotta keep remembering, we are a 5-2 and two team. We are 5-2. and two. That is good. We're going to talk more about that later. But that's my the, the Raptors thing uh, more specifically. Man, Mitch is so fucking important. <laughs> Mitch, I, I, I thought about just doing it like the own, like its own section about how Mitch needs to be extended. We need Mitch. We need to uh, pay Mitch as much as you can and give him – Dolan needs to give him whatever backdoor deal. He wants to keep him in New York for the time being. If we end up trading him for a star, that's fine. But right now, we need Mitch and we need him here and we need him happy. Give him every dollar that we can possibly give him. I think I think it's four for fifty-two or something, whatever. That eleven, twelve, thirteen million dollars. Give it to him yesterday, please. He's so fucking important. When you watch the game with a critical eye, he's not blocking shots at a crazy rate like he did his rookie year. And that's a sign of like emotional maturity, because he doesn't really care about the stats. He affects legit every single fucking offensive possession. It's so ridiculous how how, how how terrified, how terrified offenses are to drive into the paint when you have him there. People are fucking scared. They, they, you, you can pick, a, I, I guarantee, you pick any Raptors offensive possession from that game, just randomly, show it to me. I guarantee there's a guard that drives in and he goes, nope, and he, he makes a U-turn and he goes back out or he kicks it out to somebody because they know that they, they know they're not scoring over Mitch's long ass arms. His timing is too good. Your ass is going to get blocked. 
So when you take him out of the game, and no disrespect to my guy Taj, no disrespect at all, he is awesome. He's he's the next third string defender. He's the next next third string center. We need to say that out loud more. He's the next. He's not supposed to be playing, right? He's an excellent mentor. I'm sure he, uh, he's a he's a he's a he's a he's a native New Yorker. Uh, I want him here until he cannot walk anymore. I love Taj Gibson. I almost bought a Taj Gibson. That is how much I love this guy. But he's not supposed to be playing. Nerlens Noel is better. Taj Gibson is an in-your-face defender who has excellent footwork, and he is, he, he's probably better offensively than Nerlens Noel ever be. He doesn't have the hops or athleticism to rim run, rim run like Noel does, and he's an in-your-grill defender. That is different from elite rim protection. Taj Gibson is not a rim protector. He might get the occasional block, but people are not—Taj Gibson's like 6'9". People are not afraid— of uh, of of driving into Taj Gibson, they're not. They're not. They they think they can score over Taj Gibson. They do not think that they can score over Nerlens Noel and Mitchell Robinson, and that changes how they approach the half court offense, the other team against the Knicks. And I think that has a lot to do with it. You saw a lot of you saw a lot of the the guards play way more free, and it it draws in help defense from the sides, and you get way more open looks. And that's what happens when you have Gary Trent Jr. who and, and OG Anobi and all those other guys, and that guy Sfi Mahamahamahamaluk. Those guys aren't going to miss wide wide open shots like that, and they were hitting them. They hit uh, they hit yeah they hit they only hit thirty three percent of their threes. Which is fucking crazy because it felt like they were they were draining them all fucking night, but yeah, man, it's just uh, Mitch is so fucking important and he's such a game changer, and this team really badly needs Nerlens Noel. We'll talk we'll talk more about the the team picture, but that's that's the other reason that I saw uh, that we might have lost the game, and then just I, I, you got to give credit to the to the Raptors for for showing up and playing their asses off and out hustling the Knicks at all times, but the Knicks looked a little tired. They weren't they were closing out and they were playing defense. They weren't in people they weren't in guys' faces, you know? They weren't fucking they weren't putting their bodies they weren't annoying guys. They were playing casual NBA defense. I'm not roasting Kemba because I thought Kemba was okay. I, this is where I could kind of roast Randall. Randall's body language, man, he got frustrated. He he, he got frustrated at whatever point. And his body language and hustle, and RJ's too. Their, their hustle and body language was not fantastic. I don't know what – I haven't quite put my finger on when or why that happens. I didn't think Julius Randle had a terrible, terrible game. Like some people are, are – Julius Randle had a fine fucking game. If Julius Randle puts up the game that he put up, he, they, he really should win that most times. Everybody's pointing to that second half of the, the 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 second half of the second quarter. You know, honestly, I think it's when Mitch missed those couple of dunks, um, where we couldn't quite get into a groove offensively and couldn't get back on defense. That that's where it, it turned. I don't think it was like this fundamental thing. I just think the the Raptors were playing really well. And you should, you can say, and I said it myself, that it's a game that the Knicks should win 10, 10 times out of 10, and they should. But no, I mean, the, the better team won. They played better. It's not like we got 
it's not like we 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 flushed it away or, or something. I I don't, I don't think that really happened. Um. So yeah, I think that's Rose looked a little tired. Rose looked a little wiped. I don't know. It, again, you got to. The, the only thing I'm worried about, and I'm not even. No, I'm not worried. It's because they looked they looked slow. They looked like it was just casual. Just and they already had their wake up call against Orlando. They shouldn't need this second one. But they got one, so let's see if it, this one fucking sticks. Uh, and again, this was not as bad a loss as Orlando was by any means. And just for me, the thing that I saw, again, I, I'm not going to go through every every fucking possession, but it just looked like either offensive plays were getting busted and they resulted into just Julius Randle, ISO, or someone throwing up a, a three-point. It looked like our plays were getting busted by the Toronto defense, and we kind of just didn't know what to do, and it got stagnant. And that's when you end up with like ugly shots. And even sometimes the shots that we got, they just weren't falling. Um, so like while that loss fucking hurt, and again, they outstole it. They, they had way more steals than we did. Um, and, then, you know, we just played sloppy. I don't think it's the worst loss ever. I think it's a loss that make quite, you know, quite it, it makes quite a bit of sense to me. Um, RJ Barrett, of course, man. I can I can jump in on the RJ Barrett fucking sucking. Count me in. What was RJ Barrett's stat line? Twenty-seven points, four for six from three. No, five for eight from three. Nine for thirteen from the field. Good fucking Christ. Here's the thing, man. Evan Fournier. I I, I don't want to. I don't want to hang on the rim. I'm not hanging on the rim yet with my Evan Fournier take, where I said that he's going to become the the Knicks hated guy because he. I don't think he's quite on that trajectory yet. But I think he's shooting too many shots. That's the one thing that I'll, I'll pseudo hang on the rim for. He shot, he's shooting 13, 14 shots a game. I don't want Evan Fournier to be the center of my offense. I'm sorry. When I have, <laughs> when I have, when I have RJ Barrett and Julius Randle cooking and Campbell Walker there, I do, no thanks. I'm okay. I don't need, I don't need 15 Evan Fournier shots. I need like nine or 10 if you're open. Let the game come to you. If you end up with 12, sure. I like when like I like when the defense collapse and and Evan Fournier just takes the easy like little floater thing mid range. I love seeing that. I don't have a fucking problem with that. But I don't need an Evan. I don't need a fucking Evan Fournier play called. I don't want to see that shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> you want to see that? I saw enough Evan Fournier. The Magic were bad. I don't. I'm okay. I don't need Evan Fournier to be my guy. But he's doing good. He won that game in Boston. Uh, Evan Fournier, hugs and kisses, boo-boo, love you too. But when R.J. Barrett is going, I don't need Evan Fournier shooting more than R.J. Barrett. That's certainly true. Here's here's my other my my other Mitch thing. Man, this is... Uh, I feel like everybody's been talking about R.J., about how great R.J. is, and he is great. It's just... I, 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 you, you don't need to hear it from me. You don't need to hear it from me. The only thing that I'll suggest is, like, I love that R.J. unit where they just had no fucking idea what to, where to go, where Taj got hurt and they had the Jericho Sims out there and they put RJ at the four, quote unquote. He wasn't really playing the four. He was playing the RJ. I love that. I would love to see that more. I would love to see that be Tibbs, you know, uh, you know, oh shit, break some glass. Let's just have the RJ show. It was the RJ unit is, is what it was. They surrounded him with shooting and one, they just surrounded him with shooting and one uh, rim protector. I think it was Taj or, or it might've been Mitch at some point. Love that shit. I want to see RJ have the keys at some point. 
um, how dramatic a transfer of keys it might be. I don't know. We'll talk about that in a second, but I love that RJ unit. But Mitch, man, what the fuck is happening? Guys, I just want to let you know. Uh, just one more from the from the uh, fucking, come on. Where is the goddamn, oh, the Raptors game. Here, I found, I'm sorry. I don't know how to read. Um, Mitchell Robinson was two for four from the field. Two of four. In 28 minutes. Two of four in 28 minutes. Six points. I just want to remind you that on the season. Where is the goddamn thing? Okay, I found it. On the season, Mitchell Robinson is shooting 82.8% on 4.1 shots a game. He's playing about fucking 30. He's playing 29.9 minutes a game. He is a starter, an NBA starter who is shooting 82, fucking 83% from the field. And he can't get more than four shots. This is the only Tom Thibodeau is coach of the year. He saved the Knicks. He wanted all the New York smoke. He is my, 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 my Lord and savior. I was fucking Tom Thibodeau for Halloween, but this would be my one question. We can't get the guy who's shooting 80% six shots a game. We can't get him 10 shots a game. Let's look at the rest of the NBA. Rest of the NBA. He's not even a qualified starter. He's not even qualified for this statistic. He is not on the list because he has not shot enough. He hasn't missed a game, folks. He's playing 30 minutes a game. He's right there. Who leads the NBA in field goal percentage? JaVale McGee at 76%. He's playing 14.4 minutes a game. He takes five shots a game. I understand it's early. And I understand Mitch doesn't have his legs. The number two is Jarrett Allen. He plays 30 minutes a game. He's shooting 73% from the field. And he gets eight shots a game. Rudy Gobert, 72%. He gets seven shots a game. Rashawn Holmes, 71%. He gets nine shots a game. Come on. Can we please get my guy involved? He's shooting 80-something fucking percent. Come on. But Evan Fournier needs to get his 15 shots, I guess. Come on. I don't know, man. I love Mitch. I love him with all my heart. I wanted to do so good. I wanted to get paid. I don't want to trade Mitch. I want him around. Um, I know I said that if we trade for Miles Turner, that Mitch would go to the second unit. I don't know, man. Mitch is important. Mitch is a problem, and he's not even playing offense yet. Man, love me some Mitchell fucking Robinson. Good God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I got emotional, but Mitch Mitch gets it out of me, and again, it's just, I think Fournier, I don't know why he's a centerpiece in our offense. He's shooting 40-something percent from three, and he's been really good. I get it. It's just like, he can do that so peripherally. He can do that peripherally. We need to develop R.J. Barrett and Mitchell Robinson and win games. Yes, yes, of course, of course. But what I'm saying is like, man, I don't know. If Fournier really has it going, I don't have a problem with him taking 20 shots a game. I don't care. Just win the game. But it's when we lose and Evan Fournier is meh. And I look down and we, I, we have a guy who's 
theoretically can't who every shot he take is a eighty percent chance it goes in. Like I don't know, maybe it's like they can't defend. Maybe they don't have an answer for him. I don't know. Maybe Kem Birch can't stop Mitchell Robinson. Maybe I don't know. I don't know, man. Small sample size, of course, but I just want Mitch to be so good. Um, speaking of Mitch back- backpacking on it, everybody like people are gonna like do this thing like, oh, Mitch, the the Knicks can't close out games, and I get it. For me, it's a little too early to take that step. I understand that they are not good at they, they take their their foot off the gas a little bit, and they can't really get stops. I think that's towards the end, and other teams just rack it up, and then, you know they go bucket for bucket until it's not bucket for bucket, until it's bucket for nothing and bucket for nothing, and then they chip away, and now they're they're in a fuck fest. I get it; it's a defensive thing; it's not an offensive problem. But a lot of people will point to the Pelicans. People were trying to like people were trying to roast the Knicks for the Pelicans game, and I'll be honest, I kind of missed the Pelicans game. Um, but I rewatched the fourth quarter. No one on earth is talking about how Mitchell Robinson twisted his ankle at the beginning of the fourth quarter against the Pelicans. That was the turning point. That's when the Knicks started fucking falling apart. And yes, he came back in the game, but he was a step slow. People were blowing by him and he wasn't the the the, the defensive presence that Mitchell Robinson should be. And the, the Pelicans got it going and we almost lost. That's why that's what happened. I'm sorry, maybe I'm shot, but I was shocked that people didn't act like like no Mitch was Mitch was a little hurt there Mitch twisted his and he twisted his ankle pretty fucking good I'm I'm kind of shocked that he hasn't missed a game or whatever he was good as he was against the Raptors but that's my that's my pump the brakes that's my pump the brakes they it, the, the Raptors beat them that's true they were ill prepared they should have stopped the Raptors they didn't you have to take things as they are and as they as they were the Raptors played better it's okay. It's going to happen. It's a long fucking season. We're five and two. The Pelicans, oh, they don't know how to close a fucking lead. It's okay. Mitch got hurt. It made sense. It made sense. You know? That said, our, our defense is not good. <laughs> our defense has not been good. It's only seven games, but our defense has not been good. Let's talk about the reality of things. We are 20th in defensive rating, right? We are 24th in steals. We are 25th in giving up the fast break. Those are the bad, ugly stats. We are not a good defense right now. We are a bottom 10 defense. And that's shocking because of what we did last year. But let's look at let's look at it a little closer. While we are 20th in defense, we're 7th in blocks with no Nerlens Noel. 7th in blocks, no Nerlens Noel. We're top 5 in points off, to, on, off turnovers. So it's not like we're giving up a lot of turnover points. Turnovers are not really our defensive issue. Timely turnovers might be, but not in general. We're 8th in second chance points. We're not giving up a lot of second chance points means our defensive rebounding is 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 pretty solid, right? And you know, we're fourth in points in the paint. We're that's that's pretty damn good. We're not giving up points in the paint because we have guys like Mitchell fucking Robinson, right? And again, we don't have neurons so well. So what do you take with all that? 
it's probably frustrating for a lot of people. It's frustrating for me. But the reality is, from our starting lineup, we lost two guys who, if you, you know, if you said Reggie Bullock and Alfred Payton, and you 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 were talking to an NBA scout, right? If not the if not the first thing, it would certainly be in the top two things that a scout would say about those players. Is that oh yeah, they're defenders, they're big body defenders. They really know how to stop guys. They can lock people up if they need to. That's their identity. And then you talk about Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier. If you tell a scout to name, I don't it, If you tell a scout to name 10 things about Evan Fournier or Campbell Walker, I don't know if defense makes the list for either of them. So that is huge. Okay. That is huge. It is a huge gap. I understand that I did when, when we signed them, I did the stats where I was like, ah, you know, it's really not that much of a drop off. It probably isn't, but it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time for these guys to totally buy in. And get first of all, not only buy in, but d- defense is effort. And these guys probably don't have their legs all the way under them, and they probably have never played forty-eight minutes of hard defense like the Knicks did every single fucking game last year. Because if the Knicks had wanted to win last year, they had to play defense the whole fucking game. They've proven this year that they don't. They don't. They actually don't need to do that this year. <laughs> they don't need to do that this year. They they can they can make it just fine <laughs> if they if they take forty threes a game and they continue to hit forty five percent of their threes. Which, by the way, that tough loss to the Magic. If they shot a requisite thirty five percent from three, they win the game. That's why they lost the game. It's because they couldn't shoot. So people who want to overreact to the Magic thing, they just didn't shoot well that game. It's uh, Yes, it should have been a, a larger lead, but if they shot 35% from three, which is worse than what they are doing currently, uh, they win the game. They, they just needed they needed two or three more threes, and that's it. So again, I'm not even really sweating the Magic loss. There are issues. The issues... Last year, when we were a 500 team picked to win 20-something games with Alfred Payton as our starter, the issue last year was three-point shooting, need I remind you. In the second half, we became the best three-point shooting team in the NBA. So people who want to talk about us being a bad team, I'll ask you this. Do you think it's easier for Tom Thibodeau to teach R.J. Barrett and Reggie Bullock and Alfred Payton and Julius Randle to shoot the three? Do you think it's easier for him to do that? Or teach Kemba and Evan Fournier to play some defense the whole game and get Julius to buy in a little more? Again, I was a little concerned with Julius Randle's. Julius Randle was visibly frustrated. I didn't like that at all. But... I think it's easier for Tom Thibodeau to teach his guys to play some fucking defense. I think that's easy for him. I think he's glad that that's what he's got to do. The offense isn't perfect. <laughs> it's not perfect, but we do have a top two offense right now, folks. We have top two. Uh, we're top two offense. We're 20 sec. Well, well here's the, I'm looking at ugly stats because I'm a negative person. 
We're a top two fucking offense, man. We're making more threes than anybody in the league. We're sixth in the NBA in plus minus, right? We're 22 in free throw percentage. We got to clean that shit up. It's really because we're not getting to the line that much. I would like to see us get to the fucking line. And I think that has, I think that is tied into, let's, I want tips to come out and say that RJ is the second option is what I really want. I want RJ to be our second option. I want Kemba to be our third. And I want Fournier to be our fourth (laughs) is what I want. I understand it's probably not going to happen for a little while, but RJ keeps doing this, man. RJ might fuck around and be our number one option. Who said that? Boom. Beef. RJ might fuck around and be one. Who the fuck knows? RJ keeps fucking being swaggy like this. Come on. So yeah, man. Struggles in perspective. We were we were supposed to be so fucking bad, and we have we were supposed to be so fucking bad last year, and we found a way to turn it around. It took us half a season. We were five hundred for most of the season. You you we so quickly forget how spoiled we are, and we just added two new really good players. So give it a second. Give it a second to gel. Kemba said it today in a press conference. It's going to take some time for things to gel together, and that's fine. We're five and two. Take a deep breath. And by the way, you know what? I wasn't going to do this rant, but I have one more. When that side talk video came out, the bing bong, fuck it, those guys going nuts. When that side talk video came out, I, it came out immediately. I quote tweeted. I said, it doesn't get better than this. It brings me so much joy because A, it was so fucking, yes, it was so fucking funny and fun to watch and cathartic. And see, Nick, uh, Katie, don't you wish that you came to the Don't. It was so cathartic in every single, every single way, right? As a Knicks fan. And then you listen to people on the media. And some loved it. You got to give credit. Some loved it. But there were a handful of people who took it. Steve and I included. I think I tweeted at Stephen. I'm sure he didn't see it, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And he said he he said something to the effect of pump the brakes, pump the brakes. We need to act like we've been there before. Pump the brakes. Take it easy. And then I turn on I turn on sports radio and I hear people, you know, like after we beat the Pelicans, all the pundits are talking about how bad how, how, that's not good. We almost blew the lead. We almost did it. And that's the, that's the conversation. Not that the Knicks came from fucking nothing and are now something. And we weren't supposed to be that. And we didn't sign the marquee star. And we did it the right way. And now I'm hearing about how, A, I, need to, a, I can't celebrate that. And B, if I celebrate it, it's stupid because it really doesn't mean anything. And then, oh, how great do you want to be? How great do you want to be that you want to celebrate bad victories? Do you want to just be the little engine that could? I'm getting a little emotional. Because don't you fucking tell me what I can and can't celebrate and how hard I should celebrate it and how valid my celebration is. Don't you fucking tell me that because I guarantee, I guarantee you were not there. I guarantee that if Jaron Grant came up to you and shook your hand, you would have no idea who the fuck he was. That was my starting point guard for a while. That was my first round draft pick. 
I guarantee you did not have to talk yourself into Billy Hernan Gomez being the, the, the backup center of your future. I guarantee that. I guarantee it took you weeks to pronounce Frank Neal Aquina's name. I knew we were drafting him for months. I guarantee you weren't there. I guarantee you don't remember Aaron Aflalo. I guarantee you don't. So don't you, you don't know what we've been through. We don't know what we've been through. So the bing bong, the fucking, blah, 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 the, the, that side talk thing, the people screaming about Trey Young and fuck Tom Brady, as random as it was, that's ours now. That's ours now, baby. We're back. We're relevant. We fucking mean something. So leave us the fuck alone. Unless, uh, 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 unless you remember Kerry, if you remember Kevin Serafin, if you remember Kevin Serafin, all right, I'll listen to you. But listen, man, I guarantee you weren't there. I guarantee you weren't there. So shut up. Let us enjoy it. Let us be emotional because we fucking deserve it. We've been through hell. So anytime, if you're listening to this, any fucking time that somebody says, oh, the Knicks, yeah, Yahoo, five and two. Ooh, ooh, fucking we. I remember Ron Baker was my favorite player. Ron Baker was my favorite player. Grow up. Leave me alone. Shut up. Good God. Man, I'm sorry. That was uncalled for. That was uncalled for. All right. So let's just get into some little, uh, little uh, section bochinche. That, that means, that means, that means, uh, maybe I'll do some like theme music bochinche. It's a, it's Puerto Rican for gossip. Gossip meant to hurt people's feelings. Uh, Emmanuel quickly has not been good. Bochinche. Emmanuel quickly has not been good. How long is his leash? I don't fucking know. I don't know, man. IQ. Uh, last game against the Raptors. He shot. Yeah, he got seven. He shot one for six from three. One for seven from the field. Made all his free throws. That's good. But I'm telling you, man, he has not looked good. He's not. His shots aren't falling is the main thing, right? He's shooting. Let's see. Yeah, he's shooting 21% from three. I think he's going to turn it around. But the question becomes, if he keeps shooting, how long is his leash? His defense has been really good. You got to give him that. His defense has improved. Uh, but, you know. IQ has not been good. He's not been part of the second unit as he was uh, planned to be. So that's Bochinche number one, Bochinche. Uh, Randall, what's happening? Is what? What? So you want to? You've seen these takes uh, with all the Julius Randall sl- uh, slander. Maybe he's tired because he has a new baby, new baby at home. Maybe he's tired and wiped out and frustrated. Baby crying, wow, wow, can't sleep middle of the night. Kendra yelling at him, God, ah, change the diaper. Maybe. Maybe he's jealous of RJ. People are saying RJ is so successful. Good God. Oh, Randall's so jealous. I think it's a bunch of hooey. Who gives a fuck? I think he's just, I think it's just not a perfect stretch. Again, you look at Julius Randall's stats, he's fine. He's doing okay. He had one bad shooting game. Tatis, uh, we, we broke down the loss. All right, relax. The Knicks are five and two. Uh, RJ is a stud, man. Will he ever become the number one? I said this briefly. Will he become number one? I don't know. How long will it take? Shooting, you know, back-to-back 25, 30-point games. That's huge. He's a shooter-shooter. He's bullying people a little bit. He's finishing through contact, using the right hand, dunking on guys. It's huge. Will Randall be okay with that? I don't know. Again, it's fucking hooey. Clickbait. Suck my ass. 
Uh, we need to get Mitch extended. I said that already. That needs to happen immediately. Um, yeah, that's the only – that's the last bit of – oh, Obi Toppin has been really fucking good. Sorry. Obi Toppin has been really, really fucking good. Um, let's see. I don't know anything about per. Can anyone teach me about advanced statistics? Because I really don't know. I really don't know fucking anything. But Obi Toppin is fourth in per. P-E-R. How about that? Get a load of them apples. He's averaging a block a game, which is really fucking cool and not something that I expected. Um, But other than that, man, seven points a game, 2.7 rebounds, an assist a game. What's he shooting from three? Let's see. Uh, Obi Toppin is... Obi Toppin is shooting 15.4% from three, um, which is bad, but I don't think he's that bad of a three point shooter. I think we, I think we, I think we can expect a little bit better from him. Um, but he's really only shooting one or two threes a game. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, but Obi Toppin has been awesome so far. I don't have any problems with Obi Toppin. Uh, what other situations did I want to check out? Yeah, I think I said everything that I wanted to say. Okay, so we'll go, we'll go around the league. Um, one, this is so before we talk about my two favorite people. Um, Paul George came out with this interesting. This is going to be the only soundbite that I throw in here. Listen to this. I mean, I said that not to make an excuse or or anything um, uh, about the ball, but I said that um, it's just it is it's a different basketball. Um, it don't have the same touch and softness that the uh, the Spalding ball had. And, um, you know, you'll, you'll see this year, it's, it's, it's going to be a lot of bad misses. You know, you'll see a lot of bad misses. Um, I think you've seen a lot of air balls, um, so far this season. So, um, not again, not to put any, you know, excuse or blame the basketball, but it is different. Um, there's, there's no secret. It's a different basketball. That's fucking crazy. I didn't hear that at all. I, I, I totally missed that piece of news. And it's super interesting. He's right. The, the, the uh, uh, shit is at all-time lows. I'm going I'm to look it up. So, yeah, the Wilson ball, the league averages, field goal percentage, the league is shooting 44.6% from the field, and that's the lowest since 2004, and 34% from three. That's the lowest since 99. It's fucking true. Isn't that fucking bananas? I don't know. I don't have a take on it, but it's just like, I just want to say, wow, that's cool. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, that's the only one. Ben Simmons. Oh, baby. Just, uh, I, it was too quiet. You, you'd heard that they had reconciled and he had the mental health issues and they were paying him and they were giving him space and they'll respect it. And Tobias Harris said they'll respect his brothers when he's ready to come back. That'll be all well and good. It's not upon me. It's not my job. I am no better than anybody to uh, call him a liar. So you have to just take it at face value. That's all you have to do. So I'm just going to say – I'm just going to state facts. It came out today that uh, there is fr- more frustration. Ramona Shelburne, my, my, my love, uh, reported this. There's frustration mounting on the part of the 76ers because while Ben Simmons has acquiesced uh, to getting treatment on his back from team doctors – Ben Simmons is keeping him out of keeping the Sixers out of the loop when it comes to his mental health progress. They're not telling him anything. Ben's not telling him anything. They're giving him nothing. And he's doing the so he's not using the Sixers mental health doctors. He's using the uh, players, uh, the players associations doctors. Hey, man, it's fishy. 
to give to, to to play devil's advocate to give them the benefit of the doubt uh if if a team if if somebody hurt me if somebody hurt me and frustrated me no i don't want and i'm talking shit about you in therapy i'm working through it in therapy no i don't want you to know everything i say no i would want boundaries too so i'll give them that but come on bud they're paying you ridiculous amounts of money they want you to play come on you got to work with them you got to work with them i don't know man uh, I really hope that it comes to a head eventually because it's just you know it makes me it makes me happy. Uh, oh, there's unfortunately nothing with Kyrie Irving yet. He's still far away from the team. They don't know what they're going to do uh, with him. Uh, it's still it's mostly nothing. The Nets are I think they're four and three or something or whatever. Uh, who really cares? The they're not the they are not the Knicks have a better record than the Nets. And they've had a couple bad losses, and it's so. And it, it, James Harden is kind of struggling with a little bit. He said he hasn't been able to play pickup, and people wonder how how the the new rules are affecting him not getting not being able to fake people into calling those. Fa- this is not a Nets podcast. I really don't give a shit about their basketball, but the Knicks have a better record, and they don't have Kyrie Irving, who is just the just the perfect story. But Marcus Smart came out. We have some Boston slander. Marcus Smart came out today, and he he, he basically roasted uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown for not passing. He said, "Everybody knows that we want to go to Jason and Jalen, and if we want to if we want to win, they have to pass out, and they don't want to pass out, so they got to learn it." And he said that to the media. Isn't that fucking fun? Oh, man. And here I am complaining about imaginary, you know, Julius Randle having to take care of a baby. What a privilege. Again, it just puts everything in perspective. I really don't give a shit about the the Celtics. Um, but just the drama around the league, oh, it makes me makes me so, so happy. Um, there's really no other stories. And we've I've been talking, I've been talking for enough. Um, I'm going to try and do it weekly. I'm telling you, I'm going to try my best. It's difficult. Uh, I've been swamped at work, and what I really need to do is I need to get into a fucking schedule, and my schedule has been really, really wonky lately. Uh, so I apologize if this has affected you. Um, and you know, there's a uh, there's a chance that you're like, oh, I forgot you did this podcast. No, this is great. That's that's great. If you enjoyed it, remember five stars wherever you are. Follow, like, comment, subscribe. Uh, I don't know. Tweet at me. Like my tweets. I don't know. It's embarrassing. You tweet something. You get one like. <laughs> it's okay. Someday, someday we'll take a Stephen A. I'm coming for you, right? Uh, but again, man, uh, it was fun. It was fun, cathartic. We'll be all right. We'll be okay. We'll be okay. Uh, and we will continue to talk all the Knicks that we possibly can. And we will never, we will never have a knack. I'll see you guys next week, I, I hope. <laughs> it's no secret.